Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, my fine friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapa this week with archaeologist and Pompeii expert, Dr. Sophie Hay. It's, uh, there's some interesting stuff in this one. It's, uh, pretty academic. I think you can enjoy it. I'd hardly mention Cox at all. Oh, maybe a bit. Um, hope you're enjoying these. We will be keeping them going. Um, very soon on, uh, 6th of February, we are doing Two Rahalastapurs live stream from the Clapham Grand. Uh, do check out uh, my website, richtone.com, for details of how you can watch those. They will be coming up on the feed uh, non-live at some point in the future. Uh, and do keep checking out twitch.tv slash rkherring. Uh, Monday night's snoo- self-playing snooker tournament. Very exciting tournament with 40 players whittled down to about 24 at the moment. Uh, and... Um, also, Thursdays, we do Twitch of Fun, my puppet show, with lots of fun extras, largely improvised, nearly entirely improvised, occasional sketches in it. And Wednesday nights, we generally record Rahalastapa, so you can see these before they become podcasts, see them live, see all the stuff we cut out for broadcast, swathes of stuff, lofts, lostrum, 
these shows. Uh, if you do watch Twitch and you're with Amazon Prime, you can give us money at no cost to yourselves by linking your Amazon Prime and Amazon Gaming accounts and then coming back every month to subscribe. If you've already done that, please remember to come back every month and subscribe to someone. That money could help us make loads more content. As always, all that money just goes back into making more stuff for you. It's a win-win situation. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Last Pa with Dr. Sophie Hay. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who is now a film star and too good for this. It's Richard Herring. Hello. Welcome. I've come back. Uh, it's me, Richard Herring, and welcome to Richard Herring's last sighting of Trump podcast. Uh, though I was hanging around with all the living US presidents this week, and all of them with uh, one impeachment or less. They all call it Rahalastapa, so uh, I don't know if that's going to catch on. Be interesting to see. Um, uh, good to, it was good. We, we're recording this on the day of uh, the inauguration of uh, Joe Biden, President 46. Um, so that's, seems positive, doesn't it? But I don't think we, I don't think we've seen the last of him. It's like Darth Vader spinning off, isn't it? In that little thing. He'll be back. Don't you worry. <laughs> there's a, there's a part two coming. That's uh, my guess. Um, so, yeah, look, I was away last week. If you were watching it live, if you're listening to podcasts, business as usual. Uh, but I was in Wales um, doing a, a film, a, bit, a, bit, a big film star now. That's the second film I've done in uh, two months. Uh, I was playing a, a businessman, a successful businessman whose business has gone down the toilet and who's arrived at a wedding with a sex worker. So, uh, you know, business as usual, tight cast. I thought I'd, they didn't tell me about the sex worker part until the right the last minute. Um, and it was improvised. Uh, I had a bit of bad luck on the way, um, on the way there. I, uh, there it is. Yeah, look, I, I, I got lost and then I drove around about three or four times looking for this castle we were meant to be in and uh, got diverted to a place where people were being vaccinated and, I was meant to get a COVID test, so I thought it might be where I was. And I went in and out, in and out, and then I drove over one of those spikes that they have to stop you driving the wrong way up a, <laughs> uh, up a road. I just caught it with the back wheel, got flat, then I had to walk up a massive hill carrying all my stuff in the dark, and there were stags and deer all around. Uh, and uh, I think they should have made a film of that, what happened to me. It was uh, absolutely a disgraceful way to start my film career. It was cold. There was no cent- The central heating wasn't working where we were staying. Does that happen to Brad Pitt? God, I thought I was a big film star. I thought it was all happening. Um, and I just want to talk to you about uh, this. Uh, this I'll put it up on here because the green screen messes up. Oh, what a giveaway. I gave away it's a green screen. Uh, rather than me sitting in front of President Trump slowly moving away. Um, I, I noticed this uh, SIF bottle in my bathroom this week. And uh, though I refuse to call it SIF, uh, I call it uh, GIF. In fact, I still call it Vim. Ian Vim invented this, and I don't know why he's allowed the name to change so much. I'll start calling it Sif when you start saying, I'll be ready in a Siffy, or I just sizzed up all over you. Anyway, the reason I w- it caught my eye, because at the top it says, reuse this bottle for life with Sif, Jif, eco refills. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, I applaud the innovation of having refills for your sprays in order to cut down the plastic waste. That is a good idea. I just think the idea that I might be using this same bottle for the rest of my life is unrealist. I think that's setting unrealistic expectations for it. Does Ian, Vim, Jif, Sif, 
genuinely think in 35 years' time, the 88-year-old me will be reaching for this same spray bottle. If, if Ian Jiff thinks that, he's living in a fucking dream world. It should say, reuse this bottle a few times with eco-refills, after which point you know and I know that the slightly complex spray nozzle will have broken after repeated unscrewings and rescrewings. That's still better than buying a new bottle every time. Also, let's be realistic, some of you are maybe 18 years old and might live for another century. Will Jiff even exist by then? I can guarantee you it will have at least changed its name because we have form for this kind of thing. Maybe it'll be called Biff or Spaff or Fuck. Who knows? We have no respect for your memories or loyalty. Uh, will the eco refill still be available in 100 years' time? Will people still have bathrooms and kitchens or be living hand-to-mouth in a post-apocalyptic nightmare? There are too many parameters for this to have the claim, use this bottle for life. If you get five uses out of this bottle, you've done fucking brilliantly. You can pat yourself on the back. If you really care about the planet, I reckon there's probably more ecologically friendly sprays out there than Jif. Uh, I remember when it was a powder. That was Those were the days... Why do they keep changing names of stuff? Call it what it is. Uh, anyway, maybe they wanted to put all that on it, but uh, they couldn't fit it on, so they just went with reuse this. Why stop this? I'm going to hand this down to my children as an heirloom. We could keep this going for 200, 300 years' time. Someone's going to do it. That's going to be the Antiques Roadshow. That'll happen. Don't you worry. Right. Brilliant. There's a more stand-up for you, my fine friends. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> so, look, we're going to crack on with our fantastic guest um it's uh she's probably best known as co-author of the paper roman barrows and their landscape context a gis study at bartlow cambridgeshire that's why we're all tuning in today to i expect she's sick of talking about the roman barrows in cambridgeshire so we might talk about something else will you please welcome the amazing dr sophie hey ladies and gentlemen how, how are you I'm good. I'm good. Do you remember much about uh, the uh, Roman barrows and their landscape context? You, <laughs> I do. The yeah. flashbacks were immediate. <laughs> there was quite uh, a lot of papers yeah. I could have chosen. That was the most. <laughs> I know you I went. went no, you went for my most popular one. I believe. <laughs> I get reminded on academia every week how popular that one is. So it was you looking at it all the time. It was me looking at looking. Yeah. You okay. Up. <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, I got distracted because <laughs> you have the same name as a porn star. So there was quite a lot of the research that went in the wrong direction before <laughs> I. But you brought it back in. I brought it back to the bar- Roman barrows. How, what is their landscape? Just can you sum up what their landscape context is? Just for their for the uh, layman. They're huge mounds. Yeah. They're huge mounds. Yeah, burial mounds. My, I, uh, when I where I live in Cheddar, uh, all the roads are called the Barrows and Barrows Road and Barrows Croft. So I think there were barrows in Cheddar, but they just got so, le- leveled so that we could live there. Exactly. No, it's probably the highest point in Cambridgeshire. Oh, I'm guessing. Well, I mean. It's not very high, is it? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's no. It's not the. It's the one in Ipswich. Why why can I not think of the name of the most famous uh, barrow, the Viking one? You know which one I'm talking about. Sutton Hoo. Sutton Hoo. It's no Sutton Hoo, is it? Yeah. No, it's not. No, no. Did you find any big? No boats. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, look, Sophie, it's really lovely to meet you. I don't know. I, I've just followed you on Twitter and think you're brilliant on Twitter. As you know, I'm very interested in Pompeii, and we've we've been we've been chatting on Twitter every now and again. I've been retweeting you for a, well a long time. It seems I didn't. Yeah, think you're it was obsessed long... with lava. I'm obsessed with <laughs> lava. I'm obsessed with uh, with yeah with uh, how, volcanoes. How you survive them? How you? Well, there's there's lots of things, but you, you I, your Twitter handle is Pompeii seventy nine, uh, and. Uh, I recommend everyone follow you because there's lots of great... Uh, you're always first with the news, it seems to me, I about, am. about yeah. Pompeii, uh, but also other things as well. 
I, I liked the piece of information that the Latin for hooray is I-O or E-O. I don't know how you say it. And that became, possibly became the exclamation mark. I learned that Indeed. from you. Did you? That's yeah. great. Yeah. I didn't know I know. That. I like that. Yeah. No, and it was, it was for Saturnalia because that's how they kind of used to say right. happy, happy Saturnalia. All I remember, I was obsessed with, I really loved doing Latin at school. I had a great Latin teacher and this is why I got into Pompeii uh, because we did those Cambridge courses. Did you do those? Yes, I, I, I'm working on them now. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to feature in them. Are you? Yeah. I bought them again. I, 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 did, so I didn't even do O-level Latin. I worked ahead right to some of the A-level ones because I loved it so much in the, when I was 13 or 14. <laughs> and then I wasn't allowed to do Latin in my choices. So it was slightly, you know, it would have been quite useful because I did history. Uh, yeah, no, me too. <laughs> um, and uh, all I remember is Mr. Moore, our fantastic Latin teacher, made us be farmers and we had to do the bit that went, Oige, Oige, Agricoli Hodi Non Laborant. That's the only bit I remember. But I was good at Latin for a that's, that's better than I got. I, I'm still on Caecilius Est in Horto. Yeah, so Matilla, you, Matilla, uh, Matilla Est in Atrium. Yes. So I do remember I some of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quintus. Quintus is doing something. He's in uh, the garden. Yeah. I don't know what and that then, is. And then Grumio the cook's always Grumio. getting drunk in the kitchen. Grumio. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 uh... It's great. So they're bringing them out again with, what, with you featured in them as a Roman or you just... I, I, no, a, I, I feature as this sort of little archaeologist who gives them sort of top tips about wow. the archaeology behind the story. Yeah. Um, well, it's very fa- so it's very fascinating. How did you get into archaeology, first of all? Because to me, you, I'd rather be a, an archaeologist than a comedian. So I'm quite jealous of you. Okay. <laughs> Let's give it a go for a year, see how that works out. Yeah, it works out. A day will do for a minute. <laughs> Warm up gently. Um, well, I blame my parents, obviously. Uh, they took me on holidays to Greece and Italy, um, and I kind of fell in love with wandering around ruins and just sort of wondering what they looked like in their heyday. And so I thought, well, okay, let's, yeah. let's go find out. And there's only one way to do that. So. And so you became, you went to university became an, and so how did you become an archaeologist is it i have done yeah. i did some archaeology in my year off my gap year in 1985 1986 uh and one of them was out of university of southampton which is where you were you're a professor there or you uh, <laughs> yes uh, yeah, no. doc, uh, doc, <laughs> just a worker a worker, there. <laughs> a worker so i was wondering because that was 85 i was wondering if by the time you were there whether People still, were still talking about me and my great... All, all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was it was aspire to be like Richard. <laughs> did um, you ever work yeah. in the Mian Valley when you were out? Of the... I didn't, no. Mm-hmm. no I think you'd covered it. I think well, your work there was, uh, you know... Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> telling you before, and I, I, on my first day, I'd never done archaeology, and they didn't tell me what to do, and I started digging up something that I was meant to just leave and put a marker on. But they hadn't really explained it. And then, for the rest of the two weeks I worked there... They put me on. He put me on a little Victorian ditch that ran through, where you can and, do no harm. Yeah, and I found a, I found a pin, a That's Victorian good. pin, um, and I kissed a Dutch girl. That's, that's okay. what I imagine that's... it's mainly like, right? It's mainly... Yes, that's all we do. Yeah. We find pins and kiss Dutch women. That's what I enjoyed it. It was yeah. nice. It was good. That's why I signed up. <laughs> and then I wrote a play about it. It's, it's all good. Um, so, uh, so did you decide before you went to university that, that was going to be your career or did you sort of yeah. think, yeah, so you knew that it's a, and did, were you particularly interested in Roman stuff above all else or did you? I sort think of so. Of... And I think I chose the Romans because they basically went to all the nice places around the Mediterranean. <laughs> yes. 
So I, <laughs> it was kind of like broaden, broaden out. I didn't want to do Roman Britain because I thought, well, yeah, being stuck on a moor somewhere in the middle of winter digging is not is not my bag. So no. I thought I'd, I'd choose the guys who went, you know, out into the med. So I get to go to places like Turkey and the North Africa and Italy, obviously. So yeah. yeah no, I chose wisely. Yes, you do. Well, I've seen, I've read some of your <laughs> blog. I mean, there's a blog where you talk about going to Uzbekistan and Iran and. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That's more jollying. But, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Same, <laughs> There's a lot here. of travel. I don't. I don't go jollying on a moor in England. <laughs> and but, so, do, if you is getting a job at Pompeii, which you worked at Pompeii for four four years, right? Yeah. So is that like the kind of holy grail? I mean, no, the holy grail is the holy grail of archaeology. Well, it is. <laughs> yeah, I never. But found is that. it? The, is <laughs> Still it? Looking. Did you ever find the holy grail? Because that's. <laughs> That's no, what you're, lo- that's what you're looking for. The holy parts, but okay. never the ground. So, yeah. is that the thing that everyone's aiming to do, or can you just say, I'd like to go to Pompeii and they go, off you go? Uh, no, it's pretty sought after. Yeah. I, 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 I was very lucky. My, my job interview for that actually took place in a pub in London. So, it kind of set the scene for what was, what was <laughs> to come. Uh, but yeah, no, I had worked there at university for one year. And then uh, one of the professors went off to work in Italy and he said, Do you want to come and? Well, he actually sent me for, for three months and I stayed there four years. So um, Terrific. I, I, I just took longer doing the job than was, <laughs> was I was supposed to. And because um, there's a lot of Pompeii still that has been unexcavated. Well, what proportion? Because I've been there a few times and it's massive and a lot of it's on view for everyone to see. But yeah, what proportion? One, one third, really, one third right. hasn't been there. So, yeah, two thirds you can wander around and one third is still completely covered up to the and is the stuff that you were working on is that open to the public now or is it is it a mixture uh, or is it, still... it, it is a bit open you can walk down the street now because when yeah. i worked there it was all closed off but you so you can peer in so i was working in a in a little bar on a corner right which is again fitting um and uh yeah so we excavated the bar and the and the barman's house next okay. door where we found his donkey Yes. In the front bedroom. So, yeah, <laughs> there were stories. There's interpretation. <laughs> uh, we went for the clean version. Yes. What's the, um, what's yeah, the we clean went... version? Because I can only think that he was trying <laughs> well, to protect they, they his donkey. They turned the bedroom into a stable. Okay. Um, and there was a little dog in there as well. I mean, um, at the last down. minute, though, as well, when it's all coming down, you know, you're going to think, okay, well... No one's going to dig us up and put plaster yeah, casts no and find out know. what we're up to. <laughs> exactly our secret is safe <laughs> so were you working in that one place the same location for all four years or did you is that does it uh, yes. take four years? yeah it does it does take well to excavate it did um and then in when i wasn't digging and, and, every, and the sort of the dig team had gone away i was recording the standing buildings right. and trying to tell the history of the house through the walls which is where my wall <laughs> obsession started <laughs> um <laughs> they're more interesting than they sound I think they are very inter- well. It's quite in archaeology. That's quite. It's unusual yeah. to get walls, though, right? Well, exactly. Well, it's basically you're looking at Roman DIY. Yeah. So, um, but no sift bottles. No. No. Well, you never know. Did they recycle? <laughs> they, did they recycle bottles? <laughs> well, I know. I was going to say you started off with a good piece of material culture. It's uh, <laughs> <quite> impressive. <laughs> it's what we need from the Roman period: is these people keeping going these these objects. So, yeah. Well, but that's what's fascinating about Pompeii. I guess that's it is just getting that glimpse of what um, actual Roman life was like, because obviously all the histories uh, there's there's some you know the Roman culture has at least some documents and things that have survived, but it's all about the the, uh, the leaders really yeah, isn't it exactly. in the wars so you don't really get to find out much about 
everyday people, and that's what's sort of exciting about Pompeii. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's a, it's like a, it's like the best opportunity we have to see the layman, the little man on the corner, yeah. and the slaves who are completely invisible normally. But yeah, our little barman, you know, he's now we've got a name for him. We found his name. Right. Um, it was it was written on some amphorae, which are those big ceramic vessels for holding wine. Yeah. And we found his name written on it. It's like a sort of delivery address, essentially. It's like so they knew where to. To, to dump the wine and it said donkey um, fucker underneath so you knew it was him so but in latin <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah exactly uh so uh so yeah so you can when you start putting names to people and then we have a little graffito uh so someone in a house has scratched a little face and he's got a big nose and spiky hair and by the side of it it's got the name amaranthus which is the name of our roman okay so we've even got technically a kind of little face for him you could work uh, it out so, yeah. So and do you, nice is he is he one of the, is his body is his body there or no? So the, the no, donkeys the donkeys there, but he got he, donkey donkey and the dog are there. He yeah. either got we away. Found, I found one leg bone, so that could have been him. Oh, okay, I was going to yeah, say he could have got away, but <laughs> he could have died yeah. somewhere else. Well, I was going to talk to you about a few of the developments. So the thing that interested me recently, there's been a couple of developments. I think you've tweeted about both of them, but they found a that what they're saying is probably a master and a servant. On the, yeah. uh, escaping, uh, yeah. and and they say they're probably male is what it said in the the yeah. stuff I was reading. One of them's definitely a male though, Sophie, <laughs> and that and, and nobody is. except me has mentioned this fact. Uh, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Why has nobody mentioned? Everyone's skirting around that little subject. <laughs> isn't that? Do you not have a duty to that man to just put a... Couldn't you put a bit of cloth? I mean, I know it wasn't you personally we're talking <laughs> not about. Not exactly. I would have done. You I, would have, I would have got some pixels <laughs> and placed them casually over the top. I mean... Uh, I know, poor guy. Yeah, it's, well, he was nervous. So, you know, it's not... It's, it's a little nub there. It's not much it, to no, work on. no. It no. might, the main thing might have broken off in there. <laughs> well, the exactly. I mean, yeah. well, that would be really sad for him. Yes. Now he's just remembered for, for only part. But that's it. weird, isn't it? I mean, A, when you're working there at Pompeii for four years, are yes. you worried about being caught in another uh, volcanic eruption and killed? All the time. And B, yeah. do you work out what pose you're going to pull for Correct. the future archaeologists, yes. And what did <laughs> Both you... those things went through my mind. <laughs> what constantly. did you just? What did you decide to do? Uh, right. Well, I was obviously going to have a trowel in my hand. If I wasn't actually on the back of a motorbike escaping pretty fast, yeah. uh, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to be on site with a trowel in my hand, just yeah. Yeah. with some odd things in my pocket, so that they would find them and then, you know. Well, that's a kind of bamboozled I... by by what I had in my pocket. That's kind of an archaeologist thing, right? I, know, I remember I know. Um, on that one, on my first of the two digs I've been. I mean, I don't want to pull um... rank on you here, <laughs> but the the, ra- the digs I did in the nineteen eighties, when I'm guessing you were like a child. Yes. Um, I they they the guy, a guy always buried his his boots the, uh, an old oh, pair right. of boots in a <laughs> in amongst so that future archaeologists would find his boots and be confused nice. i don't think they'd be that boots. confused i think they'd think no. someone's dug down and put some boots in here yes um, correct so it seemed a waste of boots <laughs> you had to, to think me. that one through a little harder <laughs> i don't know if he went through with it because thinking about it that would have cost him a lot of Money and boots. I, mean, I, hope he, he just... I hope he didn't do many excavations. No. I think he did a few. He's, he was called Richard. I remember him because uh, he's called Richard. It's, you know, it's a very it, when you've only done four, four weeks of archaeology, it feels like like a long, long time in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was eighteen, it was my first time away from home. Uh, but you know, I would. It, it must be. 
I mean, somewhere like Pompeii, where you're literally finding <laughs> almost complete rooms and frescoes, and it must be. Were you were you there at the discovery of anything like amazing like that, or when someone finds something, does everyone go and have a look? Or oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, we spend our time trotting around, seeing what the yeah, sort of one man, sort of one upping ourselves on what we found. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, it's it's crazy. I mean, I did dig on Salisbury Plain in my university days. So I was just scraping back on chalk, finding dark pits yes. with, with a piece of fleck of charcoal in it. So yeah. I've done that part too. So yes, going to Pompeii was like winning the lottery, really. And we found things like a gold ring okay. um, with a little stone set in it, which yes. actually had a little horse on it. Wow. Uh, so yes, no, that was, that was that's my better view than a... that I was definitely not doing <laughs> Roman print. Yeah, that's better <laughs> than my Victorian <laughs> pin. I think, you've been, I think you're probably a better <laughs> oh, archaeologist than I am. <laughs> Uh, I didn't find it though. I didn't find uh, it. I, uh, yeah, so it was. It was just. It was beyond my zone. Uh, but no, the donkey. The donkey is is pretty good. I yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's not. You can't sell that. You know. No, you can't put a skeleton on eBay. <laughs> no. Correct. I would be. I would definitely steal some of the stuff. That's why I wouldn't be that good an archaeologist. If <laughs> yeah. you found like a load of gold coins, just I mean, just one. one. Yeah, that's just yeah. that's the tax isn't it that's the tax for, that's yes. a finder's fee payment yeah. exactly uh, the romans payment. would be up for that uh, and the other well the, so the you you were working on a bar but that's not the same bar the the bar that's recently been no. found um cool which, bar. yes which uh, looks is incredibly Im- it's impressive in, it's it's insane yeah even for pompeii standards yeah it's, it's absolutely unique in pompeii it's so amazing. what what is it how why is it unique and what what's... Well, a, it's huge right uh normally bars are just like the level shape with, with with a couple of pots and sort of uh encased in the bar but this one seems to have i think it's 11 pots right. so they're doing a huge range of food and in the past all we've known about the contents of these things is, is dried food basically they found grain uh and dried fruits and things inside but this bar, they've started finding bones of animals, which is actually illegal. You're, you're not supposed to really be cooking up meat. There's lots of sort of dictates saying you can't, you can't serve hot food or whatever. So this bar's being super naughty anyway. Right. Um, but then it's the contents. So there was a there was a uh, a snail, sheep, and fish stew, I think, on the menu, which sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a pork and fish dish of some sort whether it's a soup or not we don't know uh but the sort of you know early early surf and turf if you like right. um, uh, but these are amazing to, to find sort of animal bones and stuff it's, it's the first time in pompeii really it's okay it's been dug for 250 years it's pretty pretty cool yes um, and then the frescoes on the bar obviously were That's just jaw-droppingly beautiful I think I, I, all I saw on Twitter was everyone saying, I want yellow in my house. And I was like, yeah, yeah, already got it. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, they were, they were stunning. So there's those two sort of dead ducks. So it's kind of like having a bit of a menu on your bar. So. And a very nervous looking rooster uh, <laughs> who's still alive going, hang on, uh, I'm next. I'm, I'm next for the pot. And so that was how it was a take was sort of takeaway food. Was that how everyone yeah. was kind of getting their food, or was well a lot of a lot of people where there are yeah. a lot of kitchens in Pompeii. I mean, they're they're not all just eating on the street. Um, there are plenty of kitchens to be seen in Pompeii. Or obviously, right next to the toilet, usually with basically nothing in between. Right. So they didn't they didn't have the same concept of you need two doors between. Uh, <laughs> I was in just, a hotel like that in Swansea once. Stir, they could stir and poo at the same time. Yeah. 
well, you know, it's yeah, it's well, the circle of life, isn't it? There's the circle of food. <laughs> you might as well have it all in one place. <laughs> Straight in and out. And was it at this that this bar that the um, there's graffiti on this bar saying uh, Nicia Shameless Shitter? Is that the? Yes. So that is yeah. that the person who ran the? That's what they're thinking. Yeah, he's a, he's a Greek. Right. He's a Greek guy. He's not he's not native to uh, to uh, Pompeii. Uh, but yes, obviously loved by his clients. It sounds um, like they were all pretty shameless shitters. If that's the way that the toilets were. <laughs> to be fair, um, to be fair, it's quite a specific. I mean, that's again, it's it's history. You're not expecting in two thousand years time or whatever to have to have this thing still going. You know, that guy going, oh, oh fuck, I'm never going to live this down. But at least when I'm dead. <laughs> As he was dying, I was thinking, oh, at least that's over. No, no one's going to stop saying I'm a shameless shitter. And then you're yeah, exactly. turning up. Oh, look at this. <laughs> look, uh, everyone, gather round. And so is there, was, there, was there, I mean, there's a lot of sort of, um, there's a lot of sort of rude stuff around Pompeii, right? So the Romans right. were quite obsessed with the penis, which I find very childish of them. Yeah, well, uh, indeed. Yeah, indeed. but uh, what, what was the, <laughs> I, I, in my short show, Talking Cock, um, I, I used the the uh, hic habitas felicitas. There's yes. a picture of a, which I think is from Pompeii, isn't it? But it's a it Roman indeed. thing. Um, so... It was actually found above a, a, a baker's oven. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of you know wishing luck to the bread being cooked. So why? What was the logic? You know, what the logic behind putting cocks everywhere um... was for the Romans? <laughs> Well, you have to remember it's a very it's a very male society. Okay. So the most the most sort of robust male. Um, symbol is obviously the penis um oh, but in fact they use it as a sort of good luck i mean obviously there's pornography as pornography but most of the time when you just have a random phallus hanging off a wall uh or on a paving stone or in a wind chime lamp i mean they are pretty ubiquitous throughout society mm-hmm. uh these are more to ward off evil right uh so it's uh it's the the fascinus, which is the divine embodiment of the of the phallus okay um and basically yeah they're there to to ward off the evil eye so it's like you know crossing your fingers when you walk under a ladder or whatever it's 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 protecting yourself okay which is why they're everywhere and on crossroads so that there's no accidents and things like that. okay and do you think boys that's their story and they're sticking to do you think it? the fact that you know now you know kids just draw boys draw those in the condensation and window do you think it's the same yeah. thing passing down there's some I, I absolutely echo. do. I think there's that on that scale. There's very little has changed okay. <laughs> for men, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't know. You know, we're, we're not, I'm not that obsessed with my penis, um, no, no. Uh, or all of them in general. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And what, what I find quite, because obviously there's a lot of um, Roman literature that has, we've, has been lost. There's, there's amazing things have survived, uh, but lots and lots of things haven't survived or survived in parts or, you know, been quoted in other sources. <clears throat> Is there any chance that in that third of Pompeii and whatever's left in Herculaneum that we'll discover all these lost works of... I would, I would love there to be a library in Pompeii that's excavated i think that's i think if you ask most archaeologists that's what they would say yeah. although i would like the planning office because obviously looking at walls i'd quite like to know that <laughs> but no the library the library would be amazing but the fact is in pompeii probably wouldn't get that much surviving if it's on a scroll right we don't have any scrolls like they do in Herculaneum. We, we have some tablets um which are just uh blocks of wood with wax which they would have written on and we can see what they, the, the wax is obviously melted in a slight increase in temperature during the eruption. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the, the wood has carbonized and we can see this, the scratching marks. So we can, we can read those. But scrolls would be just incinerated. Right. But um, the ones in Herculaneum. Herculaneum survived, yeah. And you can read those by, with Very X-ray. Very slowly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and are they, uh, yeah. bu- are they books or are they, in a Herculaneum, are they books or are they They're just. scrolls, yeah. yeah. So in the olden days, they used to try and unfurl them. And, yeah. that would, you know, they would take sort of five years to unfurl two centimetres or something. And now, obviously, they have cool technology where they, they basically scan them and they recognise ink letters and they can just, you can read the whole thing without even un, right. without unravelling it, which is really cool. The sad thing about that is that they're all quite boring um, sort of texts. Right. <laughs> And and the guy the guy's library was basically he was a fan of one author, so <laughs> so everyone's sort of sitting there waiting for the missing book of you know Suetonius or whatever. They're not going to get it. No. They're going to have more boring philosophy uh, from one guy, yeah, Philodemus. Well, that's what so, I'm yeah. hoping. Some so, more just yeah, some fan thing. of mine will just have my books, yeah, my five, seven um, or eight books, and nothing else, <laughs> and exactly. somehow that will survive and that will be passed down the ages. Exactly. That's what that's what you've got to hope for. Uh, well, that's all you can hope for. <laughs> so I'll ask you. I'll ask you a version of an emergency question, but it's about Pompeii. Okay. If okay. you could take away from Pompeii one item that they would have said you're allowed, to, you've done so much great work, Sophie. Wow. We're going to let you keep one thing and take it home with you, and it can be a fresco or anything. It can be an item. What Ooh. thing from that's been discovered in the whole of Pompeii and all the history of Pompeii? Ooh. What would you? Oh, would, is wow. it the bloke with his cock out? Is that's what? <laughs> is that what you're juicing? Obviously. By the <laughs> Oh wow! Um, oh my god! I, 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 uh, yeah, no one's ever asked me that question before. No, I, I hang out with too many respectful. Sort of it's not stealing. They're saying steal. you're such a <laughs> good archaeologist. Allowed, they must have done that to Indiana Jones. They must have gone. You're allowed to keep the ark. We'll let you keep one ark of the covenant. Yeah. Okay. Well, I probably would then. I would choose. I would choose the little graffito of my barman. I think. Ah. Oh, that would be my take home. That's yeah. not worth. It. You could have got, could have got something not, worth loads of well, money. Okay. <laughs> But then I wouldn't be keeping it. I'd be just putting it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, some massive gold bowl. <laughs> or all the massive, you could have one of those wonderful, you could have a <laughs> mosaic or all the walls. I know, look what I've done. I've just... <laughs> little graffitos. What That's would you nice. steal? What would you steal? Um, I, I don't know if Pompeii. Give. I don't know. <laughs> the word is. Um, it's not stealing because they've said I can have it. Yeah. I would, I would, um, 
Uh, well, it is a good question. I guess I, I like the I like the. I knew you were tweeting about this the, the other day about the dogs all having the same collars, but I like the little the the, the mosaic of the dog, the famous okay. one. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. Got that on a Carve, thing somewhere. Carve yeah. yeah, so I'll probably. I think take we've that all as, got it somewhere on something. Then I could stick that outside my front door because I have got a dog, and you have to okay. be aware of it because she barks at you and stuff. Well, but uh, she's not. Uh, she's not too bad. She's not too bad. Um, Great. So, uh, uh, there was, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you this, another emergency question based okay. on Pompeii. Have you ever seen a ghost in Pompeii? Did you ever see a ghost? Because if they're no. ghosts, they'd have to be ghosts in Pompeii. I was always amazed they didn't do ghost tours. Right. It's like, if this was in England, it would be a whole thing going on. The, the Italians don't seem to get ghosts. Right. And they just don't believe them. And I was, I've been in Pompeii a few times at night. Uh, and obviously there's no street lighting, so you are kind of kind of wading around in the dark. And I was praying that I would see one. I'd love to, <laughs> or just heard an agonising scream or something. It doesn't sound that nice, but uh, no, sadly not. No. no, I think if there's no ghosts uh, in Pompeii, they can't be ghosts because that is well exactly. Like, no, they all died in horrible pain and with unfinished business. Exactly. No, no, I agree. But no, there's there's no culture of it, and I yeah, I've tried. But I have tried, honestly. Maybe they just didn't like living underground all that time when there were ghosts and they thought, oh, screw this, we'll go on somewhere else. And then they got dug up. We'd only waited a few. Patience. And so do you feel like, obviously, as, uh, I mean, Pompeii's been sort of excavated over several centuries, really, hasn't it? And people were, there were medieval people trying to get in there and nick things. Yeah, yeah, no. And so how much has been lost by poor archaeology through history? Well... Yes, a lot. <laughs> um, and just that, oh, is that just that politely? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah. No. It's uh, the the two hundred and fifty years worth of sort of official excavations, I should say. Um, yeah, it's been dug for different reasons over over a long period. So originally, you know, things were just being carted off if they looked nice. But you know, the archaeology, the the little details, like we're looking at bones in a in a pot, they wouldn't be. They were not no. interested in that at all. Uh, so yes, there's a massive missing element to our work, which is why I think you know, thank goodness there is still one third. Yeah, and do you underground, feel we can wait? We can wait till we can do this properly. Do you feel that though, with that, you know, maybe in two hundred years' time, archaeology will be even better, and that you're missing out loads? Of yes, stuff. I do so, all the time. So, so you well, should so stop but, doing. You should stop digging so stuff just up. Stop. <laughs> We should all stop, stop until we back. definitely got to the best at being archaeology we can get. <laughs> exactly. Because they might be able to like bring people back to life in two hundred years' time. They might be able oh, to, wow. you know, get a bit of DNA and they might be able to travel back in time. Now we're doing. Yeah. Now we're doing Jurassic Park. They might be able to, and then Pompeii you've wasted Park. it. You could have got your bum, and you could have been back. <laughs> Who needs ghosts when you have the real people? <laughs> yeah, what a waste. <laughs> well. And even in the time you've been working, is that I mean there must have there's been there must have been like uh, huge advances. If in I suppose in terms like we're talking about reading those oh, scrolls. God. Yeah, so, yeah, no. Even while I was yeah, even while I was there, I started off hand drawing walls, and now you know they get a piece of kit and they scan them, and you can see, you know, the tiny little granules in a in a pebble. It's like, oh jeez, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so no, it's 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 sort of gone leaps and bounds. But we shouldn't ever really lose track of, of, of what we're recording and why. I think that's no. my 
sensible hat on is that you know without 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 looking at things uh, properly, um, if we just scan things and go home, we're missing quite a lot. Yeah, okay. That's my that's my. No, okay, good point. <laughs> um, and do you have any strong feelings about what the date of the eruption of Vesuvius was? Very strong. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm team pomegranate, I believe, okay. <laughs> which which means the autumn date. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yes, the the traditional date, twenty fourth of August, based on one letter written by the eyewitness. So you'd think reliable, uh, but not so much because we've only got copies of this of this letter written by Pliny the Younger, and medieval scribes were a bit rubbish. Yeah. And so they just, when it wasn't clear, they just kind of looked around the room and then <laughs> filled in any date. So we have, I think we have the 24th of August, we have uh, the 25th of October. I think we have, even have a 5th of December somewhere hanging right. around. Uh, but the 24th letter became kind of canon because it was the best preserved. And then we just decided that was that. Um, but then since then, we've got sort of proper archaeological evidence we believe that says it can't have happened in August because you've got ripe, pome- uh, ripe pomegranate yeah. uh, and they only ripen at the end of September earliest um, but we've also got some really uh, we've got the, basically the sludge on the floor in a wine press so when they finished pressing the wine and it sort of splattered everywhere uh, they actually found all of that kind of sludge still uh, on the floor so that sort of suggests it was after the, the grape picking Right. Which again doesn't happen till October. So, for us, really, the date is kind of Octobery date. Okay. Um, yeah, and then in the new excavations, there was that little graffito yeah, which had say. the seventeenth of October, but whoever wrote it didn't write the whole date. So we, we just have <laughs> we just have that number <laughs> uh, and the month, but we don't have the year. So it's it's kind of that tantalising another bit of evidence without being. Confirmed. But again, you would think, I suppose, with all the stuff that's churning up, you'd think someone would just have had like a desk calendar, one of those block ones, uh, just the, with the, the, date, the, sort of the, the date. flip one. Yeah. Exactly. Just let it there. That would <laughs> or, have been really useful. Or if you find, you know, in record, you would think in records there would be something with, you know, if, you, if you're finding papaya, you know, the, the, wax, the wax tablets, know, you'd think there'd be something the, with a date on. Well, exactly. That morning, could yeah. have just signed off. Yeah. Oh, so close, and yet so no. they're probably they're probably <laughs> so we're, left, we're left with pomegranates <laughs> as a result. What if the hot gas from the volcano coming up through the earth just made everything ripen a bit early that year? What about that? <laughs> what about that? Yeah. Well, then then you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've it was probably, before August. You just cracked the code. Damn, <laughs> should have come straight to you. And do you uh, think is having the? I mean, there's sort of first-hand account. Because Pliny the Elder died in the yes. in in the explosion, but it's his account. He was the one who sort of went in there, and then did he tell someone else about it? Who told Pliny the Younger about it? Well, no, Pliny the Younger. Well, kind of, yeah. Pliny yeah. the Younger was watching it, so I mean, that's but from a he... long way off, though he was miles away. Well, it's he was picture. doing his. I've just read, had a book about it. He was do, he was <laughs> he was asked if he wanted to come along. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm the younger one. You go. You're the plenty elder. You go. Why? People will think we're the same bloke eventually for a long time. <laughs> just, uh, got but I've got to do my I've got to do my A-levels. <laughs> so you go and look at the volcano. And plenty yes, the elder yeah, yeah. who did a big natural, who did this big stupid encyclopedia that is boring and wrong. Generally. Um, yes, don't follow his medical advice. He wanted to go and look That's at it. For his, he wanted to go and look at it a bit closer, which I yeah. think was probably his first mistake. 
Well, I think if there's a volcano, <laughs> go further away from it. That's 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 why he died. But if he, he died, then lesson, if he died, how do we know what what he did? Well, uh, so we have people around him who okay. then reported back, um, and there were there were enough people who. And one of them said, say it was the 24th of August. Yeah. It'll be funny. (laughs) Yeah, watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that, but that's, that's pretty unusual to have like a eyewitness account of something. And then, and, and, uh, and is that, is that something you use? It's something that confirms what you're finding. I mean, because there's quite full on description of the, of the ocean filling with uh, stone and whatever, yeah, and no, no, or whatever. and the sea, and the sea, sort of, you know, vaguely tsunami esque, yeah. sort of reaching out. But yeah, the the description of the actual uh, of what the, the eruption looked like ended up being called a Plinian eruption That's right. because they, you know, they, he was the first to kind of uh, observe it, and there's you know, sort of smoke column going thirty kilometers into the air. Uh, it was, you know, pretty striking and looking like a, I think it's a, an umbrella pine tree, he calls it. Um, otherwise, you know, without this, without this description, we'd never have had a clue really what it, what it actually looked like. And, and we would have assumed that there was lava, uh, which there wasn't. <laughs> and that is the hill I will die on. Uh, literally, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> well, it's dangerous work. Why? Because they were back, the Romans came back and lived there almost straight away. Again, they kind of stayed yeah. away for about a couple of years and then went, ah. Oh, yeah, no, right. and we forget, there's often, you know, there's talk of all the people who died there. Um, but actually, there's a lot of survivors. Yeah. Um, and people who did just look up and went, not looking good, let's leave. Um, and they kind of, yeah, they settled in and around sort of the Bay of Naples area. They didn't go far, let's say. Right. Uh, so they, you know, they weren't that scared. <laughs> um, but essentially, the land is really fertile. Yeah. So after, after an eruption, it's still fertile. So, yeah, <laughs> come back. Stop How growing, often does you know, it erupt? So was it the, during the Second World War it last mm. erupted? So yeah, is, and how And how often, does, how often does it does it go off uh well that's it it doesn't really have a kind of uh rhythm right so that's the fun part <laughs> uh so when i was there we had six earthquakes or something in in about three months yeah and of course before the eruption in pompeii in 79 there was uh, a massive earthquake uh in 62 or 63 another date we don't know right. another date another date that we can have fun with um <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, so I was kind of uh, looking at my watch at that point going, well, yeah, maybe <laughs> if history's taught me one thing, <laughs> let's, let's get out. <laughs> yeah. Go the so other way. Go the other. Don't go towards <laughs> thought, the volcano. <laughs> No, That's what exactly. I've learned. I would, I would go Are to the they? library, the library somewhere else. If I had to die in a natural disaster, though, I think mm. a volca- I'd like to go in a volcano. If it had, that was at least. Well, I, yeah, I mean, the way they died, that, that, the, you know, I mean, it's obviously terrifying for ages and ages as, you know, it's a 24 hour eruption. So they're kind of thinking we're safe, we're safe. And then it kind of peters off a bit. And then suddenly these pyroclastic surges come down the hillside and they, they don't know what happened after that. So there's, I think there's about five or six of these things. And they, Pompeii actually gets hit on the third and fourth and fifth, I think. Right. And so if you're still there, if you're still hanging on after the, yeah. the, the sort of third and fourth. I mean, that's brave, isn't it? That's, in a way, that bloke deserves to have his cock shown on the BBC, doesn't he? Because he should have yeah. got out a bit quicker. He was. <laughs> he had two go. Oh, there's two. Oh, yeah. that'll probably be it. Actually, he died before because he Don't was you? slightly north. Yeah, yeah. He was, I think he was in the number fourth 
surge. Yeah, right. yeah. So he was already dead and people in Pompeii were still alive. I find that kind of weird as well. <laughs> it's like they were still running around going, you know, it could yeah. be okay. And yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Man over there is still not okay. And so how is the life of an archaeologist? Is it... Um, because again, I have a very brief experience of it as an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> it seemed like a lot of drinking and cavorting around, That's and everyone seemed yeah. a bit crazy. Yeah, Is that no, sort no. of how it was for you? Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah we're an odd breed (laughs) so is it like is it a bit like being do you feel like you're still being a student for all that time or does it feel like does it feel like a does it feel like a job (laughs) a real job (laughs) uh yes no you were yeah i mean you're being very sensible and doing you know proper proper stuff stuff. engineering and stuff (laughs) i don't understand any of that i just know about looking at victorian trenches that's my main thing but yeah um, no so yes there's the sort of the university stage of being an archaeologist and then yes you have to take a little bit of responsibility and and i worked for 14 years doing survey work so geophysics survey work for for, you know important clients so you do grow (laughs) up eventually and uh, you don't stop drinking but you do grow up and uh, does it is it uh is it a young person's game? Do you get like seventy and eighty year old archaeologists still out there bending over in the dirt? Well, they're they're not much. Yeah, there's not <laughs> many bending anymore. <laughs> um, I got out of field archaeology a few years ago because I thought I think it's time. My knees, you know, my knees are going. Yeah. So I thought I'll, I'll write books now. That's safe. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> you're in. I don't get dirty. <laughs> at least you're in Italy, where at least presumably it wasn't too. The weather was quite nice. Exactly, exactly. So that's. Yeah, but yeah, no, no. You can still, you can still dig. There's, there's, there's people who are older than me out there in the field. But yeah, I decided now. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> I'm shocked. And so, what are you doing? You've moved back to London now. I have. And so, yes. what, what, what's, how are you uh, passing your time, both in lockdown and outside of lockdown? What, what do you? <laughs> well, they're one in the same. <laughs> it's the, the joy of a freelance. So, I'm, I'm working with Cambridge University on, on the Caecilius books. Yes. So I'm I'm sort of helping that. We're we're actually making a sort of offshoot of that with our bar owner. We've we've created a a story um, for kids history course basically, and uh, we've had it illustrated. And we've got uh, Caroline Lawrence. I don't know if you know Caroline Lawrence, but she writes these amazing history books uh, about the Roman period. So we've been working with them to do that, which is uh, and it will go out free to schools. We're not we're not charging for it. Um, so that should that's being launched this year i think summer this year do schools um, still learn latin though is that a big thing yeah so, it was, yeah, yeah no yeah. it's great it's yeah they're weird i mean everyone's trying to keep that up but ours is pure history it's, it's right. not, oh, not okay. learn latin it's uh it's it's just kind of learning it's like the caecilius thing but yeah. it's it's sort of learn history but also how do we know about history how are these stories kind of manifest themselves we've got objects that we pull out the ground so tell the story yeah um and then i'm writing a book off my own bat um about the women who excavated in pompeii who are now largely forgotten oh yes i saw you they are super cool so who so who uh give me some examples of of okay well the first the first one i can find really is is um napoleon's sister right uh who's pretty cool uh, and i always thought you know she would just sort of swan onto site and and have a look she married uh, a general in napoleon's army and then he became king in naples so at the beginning of the 19th century and i thought you know the story was she would go and swan around and you know 
pretend to dig something up. They would kind of bury things for her and then she would come and brush away the, the pumice stone. And I thought that's all she did. Um, and then I found some bits and pieces and I sort of discovered that she'd actually kind of went, actually, this was fun digging up fake stuff. I'd like to dig up the real stuff. So she actually got herself a little excavation going. Uh, and then she basically just took charge of, of the strategy of digging Pompeii. Right. And she, got, she got Napoleon's army to come and dig the walls, the circuit wall of Pompeii, which is why you can see the wall now. Yeah. Um, uh, because that she thought also that they had no skills, so they couldn't do much damage to a big, hefty city wall. And she was correct. <laughs> um, even Sulla couldn't do much damage to that city wall. So <laughs> the, the French army were fine. Uh, but then she decided that, you know, people were digging little holes everywhere at that period and they were just carting stuff off. And she was like, well, it's got no go- it's got no sense to it. Let's open it up to the public. Let's open up all these streets so people can walk around. And, you know, quite amazing stuff sure. at the beginning of the 19th century. And nobody knows that she had any part in this. So I'm like, right, I'm going to tell her story because she's cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, um, I think it is... I, I just think Pompeii is such a magical place and such a place, you know, it really got me interested in history. And I, the first time I went there, I was just sort of overwhelmed with it, I have to say, as an 18-year-old, I couldn't believe yeah. I couldn't believe it. But I think also a lot of it was to do with having studied that and, and having those, per, however accurate they were, of Caecilius and who he was. Yeah, but no, there, no, is there, is there a bust of Caecilius? There's an actual... There is, yeah, there's so, a home, yeah, yeah with, a, with a little penis. Yes, yeah. is there? You should, you should know that one well. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know, is it his penis yeah. there that they've, they've... Well, not the actual <laughs> one, no. It's, it's it made of bronze. <laughs> but I'm sure it was modelled to scale, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure the, the artist got it correct. Um, but no, that's the nice thing about Pompeii, is, is it kind of, it, it sort of gives you the whole ro- the gamut of Roman life. It's perfect. But then for me now, I kind of feel like it's giving me a, a sort of idea about the history of the excavation. So I'm, I'm looking at a Russian woman who came over from, you know, she, she escaped the Russian Revolution. She's there in the 1920s. Mussolini's about to come in and dig. And so it's kind of, it's, to me, it's also just bigger than just the Roman city. Sure. Now. I'm kind of finding it quite interesting finding out about how it was dug and why we are seeing what we see in what is missing, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. what, what's missing from the picture. Um, so, yeah, no, it's great. But, yeah, the Roman city on its own, I, yeah, my first time there, I was just, you know, I've been walking around Roman British sites, no offence, but they're, they're quite low, <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> low to the ground. And then suddenly, you know, to be to be walking in a street where you've got the walls and you just feel sort of enveloped by it, which is which is so cool. Sure. And is there are there other things to come out of Pompeii that you know about? Is there is there because there must be uh, that with that bar as an example, it's obviously been fully excavated by the time we, the public, yes. see see it. So there must there must be other sort of secrets that are sort well, of well, there are, but they don't tell me. Oh, do they not? <laughs> I, I even work. I even work for the uh, for the um, official Pompeii um, Twitter feed. Yes. And they don't tell me any secrets at all. Because you tweet they, it. They, they literally know. give it to me on the day and they say, <laughs> can you do something with this? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Where's, yeah. So I hear at the same time you guys hear pretty much. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a well-kept secret what's going on in Pompeii. But rightly so, because then, then it's pretty amazing when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, grabbing headlines left, right and centre. And if you could travel back in time, the whole lot of you, not just yeah. your finger, which is what I usually ask, what 
period of what period of <laughs> wow. I usually ask if you have a finger that could travel through time. What would you do with it? But I'm, you're oh, a cool. you're a serious academic. I'm not going to yeah. ask you no, a crazy question like me. that. <laughs> you can all go back. Which would you go back to Roman history, and if so, what period of history, or would you go back some? Where would you go to if you could? Would it be well, to if, the yeah? If I wasn't being boring, I I would go. I'd probably go to uh, Persepolis. And just see these crazy sort of um, festivals that they had there um, with the sort of the, the Persian kings. But if I'm being born, I would love to go back. Uh, obviously, pre-eruption, uh, and I'd like to go back to my my little corner, Pompeii, <laughs> where, where you know, if I spent four years there, I'd quite like to spend a day there. You know. And what was he serving up? So he was only serving up one pot of stuff, was he? In your well, he was he was pretty cool. He yeah, he had well, he didn't have any pots, so that's he he didn't really do food. Um, but his wines were really exotic. Um, so we found all the amphorae in the, in the beer garden at the back. And one of them uh, came from Gaza. Wow. And it's okay. the only one, only one known in Pompeii from Gaza. Right. So he's obviously got a sort of roving eye for, for <laughs> exotic wines. Obviously looked at his neighbours and went, oh, they're all selling kind of local plonk. I need to do something different. I think outside the box. <laughs> uh, so he brought in Cretan wines in his in his uh, outside the stable where the where the donkey was uh, in his atrium where Michaela was hanging out. Yeah, uh, he had something like thirty to forty Cretan wine amphorae. Um, so he was bringing in from Crete, uh, Gaza. Um, yeah. So he was kind of a bit more interesting than, than your average wine. And is it the same as wine? Is it the same? What is wine the same from two thousand years ago? Are you able to tell? No, no. Nah. <laughs> it would have been a bit rougher, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, the alcohol level was the same. I've just been reading a, a friend's tweet about this. Um, but they because they used wild yeast to to make it. But okay. in fact, it never really got super alcoholic. But they did water it down. Right. Uh, probably more because it tasted a bit grim. um but yeah um but yes no i don't i did actually have to taste uh some sort of essentially authentic roman wine on a tv program i did and i hadn't drunk it before so they put me behind the bar with a glass of wine in my hand and i i basically spat it out over the over the guy who was interviewing me it was disgusting um (laughs) so take two (laughs) he had to sort of brush down uh, the wine off him um but yeah no it's pretty it's pretty it's very sweet, I think, is, is the main thing. It's sort of unusually luckily sweet. And what are the things, do you think? Because what's fascinating is, you know, that it's 2,000 years, but I suppose that's only 50 or 60 generations of people, I suppose. Is it that yeah. many? Yeah, are, there th- is there mu- are there Were there things that surprised you that are the same or nearly the same as the modern day? I think the one, the one that got me the most was the boiler. <laughs> it was crazy I, I was looking through a book and I found a picture and I said well, what is that and it looks exactly and this is what everybody said on Twitter was that looks like the boiler I had in my bed sit in the 1960s <laughs> it's basically a, a metal cauldron with pipes coming out of it and I, it was just exactly like your boiler would look today right. and that's when you suddenly <laughs> think yeah we have not progressed very far <laughs> when the boilers look exactly the same yeah um, but yeah that's pretty that was that, i think that was the sort of most what moment uh yeah i wasn't expecting that cool <laughs> great well look it's been lovely to talk to you i'm disappointed you can't give me any more secrets that are coming up let me just <laughs> well i'd have to kill you if i knew <laughs> uh yeah no we're all in the dark um and uh, if people want to follow you pompeii 79 really loads of great updates and really interesting articles some of them are in italian though 
So yes. you have to be able to speak Italian. But Boiler speak, so, you know, yeah. anyone who's a fan of Boilers, follow me. <laughs> and, uh, yes, we'll look out for your Caecilius uh, book yeah. and, your, and your women of My women in Pompeii. Pompeii. Yeah. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause virtually to the fantastic Dr. Sophie Hay. Thank you very much. Uh, see you next week. Uh, we've got Ashley Story. I've just booked Ashley Story uh, for next week. And uh, tomorrow, more Twitch of fun if you're watching this live. Okay, see you, everyone. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalastabur with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Dr. Sophie Hay. Thank you to Pest for playing the music. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one. Ben Walker, fantastic producer, working hard for us on uh, ad content at the moment. Uh, thank you very much to everyone at Acast and the British Comedy Guide and everywhere else that helps us. Yeah, This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Why not become a monthly badger? Go fasterstrike.com slash badges. Loads of extra content, loads of fun things that you get, including a badge and a membership pack and all sorts of stuff. And again, all your money goes straight back into providing more entertainment for you at home. Love you all. Take care of yourselves and each other. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>